0: Hey Dad. What? Merry Christmas.
1: Screw that. We haven't even had Thanksgiving yet.
0: M- Merry Christmas. Oh my
1: God. No. No.
0: As I am opening my Halloween candy, pop, I tell you, Merry Christmas.
1: No. You're like the people that want to put Rudolph right after, the Friday after Thanksgiving. Yeah.
0: But it's Christmas. It's not. But it's Christmas. Okay. Merry Christmas. Okay, Mm -hmm. so, welcome to Everything in Between, the podcast where a dad and daughter duo delve deep into chilling subjects of paranormal occurrences and true crime and urban legends and, well, everything in between. I'm Emma.
1: I'm the dad, and you're getting cold now. Cold. All
0: right, cool. How about some, like, renewable energy or something instead?
1: I'm not going to get political here. (laughs) <laughs> Let's get moving. Wow.
0: Okay. How was your week?
1: Well, we had Halloween. That was good. Got to watch a horror movie. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. He finally convinced me to watch The Conjuring, and it was
1: good. Yeah. No, I'm glad. I am I was amazed how you got through it.
0: I honestly, I think that I overhyped it in my mind. Yeah,
1: it's, it's a good movie. It's scary, but I don't know what you think is going to happen, and... However, you guys have to overcompensate for your fear.
0: Listen, the only thing I could think is that she looked like a bowling ball, okay? I don't want to
1: hear that. She looked like a bowling ball. Again, 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 you need to go see horror movies in theaters. Too much talking. She looked like a bowling
0: ball. Too much talking
1: in a film. Okay. Wow.
0: Wow. Okay, well.
1: Insidious is next.
0: No. You
1: got you went got through Conjuring. You'll be fine with Insidious. Oh, I'm
0: so afraid. Okay. Well, Um. let's see. What else? Do you have any notable things to say?
1: Vote. Oh, yes. Oh, well, this is going to be after it. It's going to be too late.
0: It is gonna I hope be late. you voted. You better have voted, or else I will personally come to your house it and curse you, you. It won't matter. With a demon. Let's
1: put it this way. We get what we deserve. <laughs> so... I'm hoping everyone voted. Mm -hmm. That can't vote.
0: If you don't vote...
1: It's over. They already. This is the day after, so it doesn't matter now.
0: If you didn't vote, I'm going to be really mad. Okay? Cool. All right. Um, So that's that. Is there really nothing else? God, we're boring people.
1: No, I mean, Halloween was great. I mean, we we had decent trick-or-treaters, not as much as everyone else. I think it was our poor, my poor decorating i didn't put the those other lights on so i think people thought we weren't around
0: and we got rid of uh, our ghost
1: yeah but again i just think that the people up the street got a lot more people and we had a lot less people who show up not in costume with just a backpack
0: <laughs>
1: which again I, that's just wrong the rules of halloween
0: i mean yeah if you're gonna get candy you better dress up for it you gotta work for your candy but, yeah, that's Halloween PSA. Remember that for next year. Yeah. Okay. Well, might as well get started then. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, I have a ghost story. And it is the Great Amherst Mystery.
1: So this is a, like a real ghost story? is not an urban legend type thing? This is it's a real ghost story. Okay, because so I was just trying to think about, at some point we got to, like, make sure we do one of the opposite of thing. i think mine is a urban myth so it kind of or urban legend so i guess it works out this time versus like you know more true crime i'm gonna go back to true crime though
0: all right well my next two are not true crime they're more urban legend slash paranormal because i'm doing a two-parter next so get ready um all right so Amherst. This is where it takes place. Amherst in Nova Scotia, which is in Canada. So, this is in 1878 and 1879. Wait, yeah, those two years. Mm-hmm. eighteen Late 1870s. Uh, so, it was a paranormal event that was investigated by Walter Hubble, who was an actor with an interest in psychic phenomena.
1: So, he lived in Canada?
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah
1: he's just an actor on Nova Nova Scotia he
0: he thought himself someone who could just debunk fake like instances of
1: so he was a believer but he
0: he wanted to he thought he could debunk everything
1: but he believed or he didn't believe was he a skeptic or you I
0: think he was pretty skeptical
1: so he okay all right so got it
0: um but so he investigated this whole event and he ended up writing a book on it okay um. So this this story, uh, revolves around eighteen year old Esther Esther Cox.
1: Uh, that's a woman, girl, woman. Fem- young child. Eighteen. She's eighteen.
0: Eighteen.
1: Oh, you said that. I'm missed.
0: Yeah. Uh, so she lived in a small house with her sister, Olive Teed.
1: Wait, Esther Cox, and her sister Olive Teed.
0: Her sister's married. Her husband also lives there, Daniel.
1: So she is squatting, or she's like, I'm trying to understand this. Younger sister lives with her older sister who's married.
0: Yes. Also with uh, the couple's two young children. um, And Esther and Olive's brother, and Esther and Olive's sister. And Daniel's brother, John. There's a lot of people in this house.
1: So basically, they got married, and then just said, hey, all siblings, move in. Pretty much. Is that, was that, maybe that was normal for the time. I don't know. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. So, all the events began at the end of August of 1878. Uh, Esther was, quote, subjected to an attempted sexual assault by a male friend. And understandably this left her in great distress
1: this was while before she moved in or
0: she was living there at the time so shortly after this happened all the like phenomena began to happen okay so um first there was just knocking noises banging noises rustling noises
1: you probably going to get this. This is... Is this her perspective or all of the siblings as well?
0: Um, all. Okay.
1: Including S- the married? Yes. Folk. Okay.
0: Uh, so then that was sort of more tame at first, just like noises. Then Esther began to suffer seizures. So her body swelled. She was really feverish. She was, quote, chilled by turns, which I don't know what that means.
1: Um... I'm trying to add in my question and I escaped me uh how long were they living there before this happened
0: I don't know but
1: they but you're d- saying that the, the reason all these other things happened was after the traumatic event of her being sexually assaulted
0: attempted yeah attempted yeah I don't think it was any
1: successful oh, okay
0: um so then certain objects in the house started to like float uh so the family called a doctor and uh during his visit, he also experienced some strange happenings. So the bedclothes moved around. Uh, he heard scratching noises. And the words, Esther Cox, you are mine to kill, appeared on the wall at the head of her bed while she was in the bed.
1: The doctor said this.
0: Yes. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. So he uh, gave some sedatives to Esther. To help her sleep wait wait wait
1: <laughs> yep <laughs> so the doctor sees these things get written and then it's like okay let me just you'll let, let, i want to give you stuff so you sleep through it in the same room
0: pretty much so more noises and flying objects appeared um so then the family attempted to communicate with the spirit so they would like tap question like ask questions and they would hear like tapped responses
1: I'm still at a loss here. There's writing on her bed's head by the bedstand, the head yeah. of the bedstand. Okay, I'm still.
0: <laughs> so, uh, wait, hold on. It's a really good lollipop. Anyway, uh, this phenomena continued for some months and became very well-known locally. So like we saw with Jeff the Mongoose, visitors started coming to the house and experiencing this stuff. So, they would observe banging and knocking noises when they visited the cottage.
1: Okay. So, I'm just gonna
0: here. Um, Esther was a good Christian woman, so she still tried to go to church. And, you know, she just really needed to go there for some reason.
1: How old were the other siblings? Do you know? I do not So, know. she was 18... And then, okay.
0: I assume her sister was older than her.
1: The married one.
0: Yeah, the married one. But then they had... She also has a brother and another sister.
1: And then his... The, her... Brother-in-law's kid. I mean, siblings were there too, right? Yeah,
0: and two children of the brother-in-law. And her sister.
1: So her nephew... Or her, whatever. Yes. Nephew and nieces, whatever. Yeah. Okay.
0: So... Esther tried to go to church. And she heard knocking and rapping noises... As At in, the church. Yes. Not, and did anyone else hear it? Yes. But um <laughs> knocking and rapping as in not not beatbox rapping. <laughs> not a SoundCloud rapper ghost.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's happening yet. But I that hope that actually nice. doesn't happen.
0: That would so. be horrible. That'd be scarier than like I don't know.
1: Maybe that will be in twenty years from now or thirty years from now.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's gonna be the campfire stories.
1: No, well, that's fine. As long as they, you know, are legit.
0: <laughs> well, if I if I die and become a ghost, well, I don't really have SoundCloud, so I can't. Hmm. Darn. If you have SoundCloud, die.
1: So that's, that we can. No, stop. Just stop. <laughs> Move on with your story. Okay, right. keep going.
0: I tried. I, I would have been a really good movie. No, just like, keep... all right. So she sat in the very far back of the church, and uh, the noises sounded as if someone was hammering at the front pew. So she was in the very back, but the noises were so loud it sounded like it was coming from the front pew. Is she
1: alone in the church? Again. No. So no one's investigating this.
0: Hold on, I'm not done. Okay. So the service was impossible to hear from these loud bangs. So Esther was super embarrassed and left the church.
1: So, okay. Do you have more on that part?
0: And as soon as she left, all the noises stopped. Okay,
1: so there's just kids fooling around, <laughs> doing this on purpose because the ghost girl or whatever is in the back of the church.
0: Fair. Fair. Um, well, in December, Esther fell ill with diphtheria, which so disgusting. I tried to look it up, and immediately, like, a picture of it came up, and I was like, no, no, I didn't want to see this. But I saw it, and
1: it was... It well, was, you have to explain now what happens to you.
0: I know, I am. I'm getting there. So, you get a sore throat, and a fever, and a barky cough, and your throat swells up, like, a lot.
1: Swells up close internally, or, like, also basically looks like you have... like,
0: it looks like
1: you have just your head. chin is
0: part of your neck.
1: But how about, like... The inside.
0: I don't know about the inside. I just. I'm assuming
1: your it's closing off, so it's hard to breathe. I
0: mean, like, probably, but I just from the picture I saw, like the person's throat was ginormous. Okay. It was the same size as their head. That's how big their throat was.
1: Okay.
0: Not fun. Um, so while she was sick, there was no phenomena that seemed to occur. Um, so whenever there's also no activity during the weeks that she spent recovering away from home so away from her sister and that house
1: so she was in a hospital when this was all going down okay so nothing happens in the house while she's gone
0: Mhm. okay um so then when she returned all this uh ghost stuff started happening again
1: when does the guy who wrote about this get involved in this? Soon. Okay. Um, so he's like the Warrens of the time.
0: Sort of. He's okay. Canadian Warrens.
1: Well, he's before the Warrens, so maybe the Warrens are him.
0: The Oh, uh, okay. The Warrens are the American Walter Hubble. Yeah. Alright. So fires began to mysteriously outbreak in the house. Break out in the house. Okay. Uh yeah, an arsonist ghost. And then um, Esther com- claimed that she could now see the ghost, which threatened to burn the house down unless she left. I don't have a description of the ghost.
1: Okay, so she's telling her sister, who's housing her, that, hey, seen the ghost now. Ghost says, if I don't leave, house's going up in flames. And the sister says, well, in January of
0: 1879. Esther moved in with another family. So she left the house.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's pretty fair.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so now she moves into... So I'm assuming this other family knows that what happened at the other house.
0: Guess so. Okay. Please, proceed. <laughs> so, um, the ghost stuff continued with her. And it was observed by a bunch of people, like the people she was living with. So, some of them would converse with the ghost by, like, talking and then receiving answers through knocking, like, ha- like what happened earlier.
1: Again, the, do you, they were in the same... I feel like this is one of those things where, you know, people were fooled easily and... Esther is just sitting in the other room going, you can now ask the ghost a question and just knock on the doors or not whatever.
0: <laughs> I mean, maybe. Okay. Keep it. Um. Going. Yeah, but some some shit happens with Esther. It's not fun. Um so she was frequently, quote, slapped, pricked, and scratched by the ghost, and on one occasion was stabbed in the back with a clasp knife.
1: Okay, so the and people witnessed this. or yes. just. Oh, okay. I
0: don't know if they witnessed all of it, but they must have witnessed some of it. Well,
1: everything but the stabbing in the back part, I'm trying to understand. So, I mean, the other one, those are all like, okay, she did it to herself and then... But whatever, okay. All right, so she's now being abused by a ghost that has attached itself to her.
0: Yep. So, um, in fact, several spirits were identified... To be attached with Esther. Not just one ghost.
1: Do they have names? They do. Alright, let's hear it.
0: So, first we have Bob Nickel, who was the original ghost, apparently. And he claimed to have been a shoemaker when he was alive. Uh, Then, there is Peter Cox, who is a relative of Esther's. And then, there's Maggie Fisher, that we don't know anything about. Okay, so it was three for now. All
1: right. So which one is the arsonist?
0: I don't know. (laughs) I don't know.
1: But Bob, the Bob nickel person. So the first house with the writing, uh, you are mine.
0: Yeah, I'm I think that was Bob nickel. Okay.
1: And then the other two kind of happened afterwards. All right.
0: So she moved out of that house and the phenomena stopped Then she moved back in, and it began again. So, now enters our good friend, Walter Hubble.
1: Okay.
0: He decided he was going to stay with Esther to observe this phenomena and debunk it. Uh, So he reported having seen some of this ghost stuff, like moving objects, random fires, items appearing from nowhere, and he claimed that he saw these phenomena even when, quote, Esther herself was in full view and obviously unconnected with them. So he saw Esther attacked by pins, attacked by other sharp objects, um, uh, and then go through several fits of extreme swelling and pain.
1: Alright, so he's the witness now. Okay. So, Wait, at the time before, like, he was famous as a He was an ghost. actor. He was an actor.
0: And then... Um, he claimed that he was like someone who could debunk like anything.
1: Was he out of work at the time? Probably. Oh, okay.
0: Um, but like after, like I said, after this, he wrote a book and he got famous from that book and wrote a couple more after. And but he's most well known for this one. Uh, so three other spirits were named.
1: Sounds like Stephen Crane.
0: Fair. That's fair. Okay, go ahead. Haunting of Hill House. If you haven't seen it, see it. Okay, so, Mary Fisher, okay. who I assume is related to Maggie Fisher from before.
1: Is, the, is now attached? Okay. Yeah.
0: Then there's also Jane Nickel. There was Bob Nickel, who was the shoemaker, and now there's Jane Nickel. Okay. And Eliza McNeil.
1: And... Okay, I, do you get to a point where they're saying how, are, are any of those folks attached to the house, the second house? Like, they lived there, they were, or, because, was Bob, the Bob Nickel dude part of the first house?
0: Well, it's supposed to be, like, I think it's just attached to her at this point. Like, maybe she's, like, a magnet in these, and she's picking up all these clothes. Um, when she went
1: to the doctor, though, should she ever go to, like, a, a psychiatrist or anything?
0: Don't think so. Okay. But um, she actually went on a speaking tour with um,
1: Hubble. Hubble. Afterwards?
0: Yes, telling others her story. Okay. And was met with hostility. Uh, So she was heckled one night, like, a lot, and a disturbance broke out in the venue. And so she had abandoned the attempt to go on tour and talk about her life.
1: I thought you were going to say the ghost got pissed because they didn't believe and then they made a disturbance, but you're just saying that a mob rule type thing.
0: Pretty much. Okay. So she returned back home and started working for a man named Arthur Davidson. Uh, And after a fire broke out, she was charged with arson and sentenced to four months in prison.
1: But that... So did... When she where when when she decided to not do the tour, she moved into her own house. Uh, I think so. And then worked for this guy, and then there was a fire. So okay, so is she is she schizophrenic
0: then? Maybe, but she goes to jail, right?
1: And did anybody die in the fire?
0: I don't think so, because okay. it would have been a lot longer than four
1: months. Well, it's, yeah, fair enough. Yep, 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 yep. Uh,
0: so she actually got out after one month in prison, mm-hmm. and she. Ended up marrying twice. Um, She had a son with each of her husbands. So, with her second husband, she moved to Brockton, Massachusetts. Okay. And died on November 8th, 1912, aged 52. Don't know how. Probably should have looked that up. But Hubble, like I said, wrote a book which sold at the time at least 55,000 copies and was published in 1879. But another source says it was published after her death. And then when I looked it up on Amazon, it said it was published in 1908.
1: Well, it could be other publishings.
0: Yeah. Um, And it, quote, included a 1908 affidavit that was signed by 16 Amherst witnesses to the hauntings. What's book called? The Great Amherst Mystery. I have it right here. This is the book on Amazon, and it has kind of a modern cover, but yes, it is this. Um, it's apparently one of the world's most notorious unsolved cases of. And no,
1: they didn't make it. Has it been? There's no movie. No, like, was any of those? I bet there's a
0: movie, but I don't Probably know. Not even a movie, like
1: one of those. What do you call it? Like uh, a haunting. A show, a TV show based on it.
0: Probably. But I don't think I did that much research on this. Because this is from a while ago that I did these notes.
1: But no one got... I mean, no one got hurt.
0: Except for Esther. She got stabbed in the back. Okay. What?
1: I I still think that it was just her. I think Walter Hubble was just basically a con man looking for dough Because he was probably a terrible actor. And then... Got her to do that, convinced her to go through it, and then people at the time went to go to this talk and were like, this is crap. That's why there was hostility and like that.
0: I think I should probably read this book, and then... I think,
1: no, you shouldn't read it. Oh. I think you should click on Walter Hubble to see what other books he's written. Let's find out. He has written... It just means Amazon doesn't have any more than them, so I don't know. I'm thinking Walter Hubble was, you know, a lot of talk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um. So I have a couple of pictures for you. It was kind of a short story, but I mean, whatever. That's, this is, that's Esther. That's Esther.
1: I still think they got to make a filter for Instagram that makes you look like you're from the 1800s. <laughs> it's just Spooksville.
0: It is, and then I mean,
1: any picture, anyone will look. Either possessed, a ghost, a killer. Actually, you know, evil. Just evil.
0: She looks like all of them. Possessed, a ghost, and a killer.
1: And I don't think they... I feel like those pictures also just did not do women any justice either. Because it all looks... I don't know. It just does not... I mean, I haven't seen the men. The men probably look just as bad. Or it's probably more spooky. So that's the house where the fire happened?
0: Uh, That's the house that her sister had. It's a really small house.
1: What is the thing on the...
0: That's just vines, I think. Ivy.
1: Again. It just looks spooky.
0: It does. But it's a but really small house. But the houses are really... House.
1: Cool. Yeah, but the... And those are other houses right next to it? Yep. So, I mean, if you're a neighbor and this is happening... Yeah. Ah.
0: Right. <laughs> so, you have doubts?
1: Uh, definitely.
0: All right. That was... Yeah, that was a pretty short story. But...
1: I mean, it's a good one. Like, I like the whole aspect of that i mean esther's just a good also name to i mean you, f- you hear esther like oh yeah possessed something <laughs> that kind of thing it's a good name
0: all right what did you got for me all
1: right doing urban legend um this is uh well it's it's a story or i shouldn't say it's a story but this urban legend is a harbinger of bad things so if you see this or this entity um I don't know. Becomes your becomes in front of you, or you know, just decides to entertain you with their presence. Bad things, man. Bad things.
0: Oh no. I think.
1: I mean, I have to say, it seems like a lot of this is based on uh, folklore from the way I trace it back, everywhere from Scandinavia to German to, and then it kind of made its way to England. So the the accounts for to make it, I guess, an urban legend. There's really one famous one. And when I researched, like, there's a bunch of sources. And again, these are... I feel like somebody took one story and just kept... And everybody just went with that story and went over and over again. Because I was trying to find others. So it's kind of that kind of thing. But it's the subject or what it's called are Radiant Boys.
0: Radiant Boys? That's what
1: they call them because they glow. Now, I didn't see any children, other children. Like, there weren't girls. It just were boys.
0: Okay. So... I... (laughs) <laughs> All right. I'm just saying. I'm just thinking like Chernobyl or something. No, no, here. no. This,
1: is, this takes place in, well, the occurrences are in the eight, mid-1800s. Or, or I shouldn't say that. I should say 1820s to mid-1800s. But the other stories go back to like 1600s, 1700s. about It's kind of like a, a version of the Boogeyman story about how to scare your kids and things like that.
0: Interesting. So, so the Radiant Boys are not good guys.
1: No. No, and if you see one not good oh apparently now okay again this is it, it's the way it starts basically is that like i had mentioned there they've been seen in europe or the stories are pertain more to europe but i think a lot of that had to do with um when uh just from an immigration perspective and folks coming in and telling stories of from from scandinavian times but when i did research this there was kind of Different stories based on uh, others. I actually saw one that was Indian. There was one that was Japanese. and About, again, glowing children, but right. mostly boys. And
0: Is there any reason why it's boys and not girls?
1: I, I don't think so. I just think, I feel like it's just the time that they just thought that oh. everything has to be, you know, freaking male-driven, drive, that kind of crap. Right. But, uh, so, they're believed to be spirits of children who are murdered by their parents, but more importantly, their mothers. Okay and these when they and if they appear, they're considered to be just bad news, like I said, you know, evil harbinger, and the way the I believe the story and the folklore went was it went from hey, they're just bad luck to oh, you're bad luck, and you're gonna die and that's particularly oh. <laughs> to one story that the most famous one that we'll get to at the a little bit later uh and then the that whole thing about mothers killing their children is. They there's a term in German, and this is where they think it originated, but like I said, I found it in other places, and I don't speak German, so I'm going to butcher this. Kinder okay. is the is the term, and that just basically means, you know, children murdered by their mother. Um, so the whole aspect of children being murdered by their parents, there is some truth to this, though. So Okay. It's not one of these things where just, hey, you know, this ghost shows up and that we're trying just to tell your kids be you know, if you don't listen to me, the ghosts no, the radiant the radiant boys are gonna show up and that's bad. Or maybe they were even worse, saying, Oh well your mom will kill you. <sighs> but um, the 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 ghost folklore came as like I said, it's early in the seventeen hundreds and they were thinking that what would happen was at one point whereas mothers were being seduced you know, and having children born out of wedlock so if that happened Ooh. then they would you know of course that would be a bad thing so they wow. would kill their children wow. um, but where they believed there was more truth to this happening was uh, when rich men moved on from their first wives to their second wives wow. and this is more of that not them divorcing like their first wife was you know they became a widow widower so they died and now yeah. the the rich man so then the stepmother or new mom wouldn't inherit any of that money so there were stories and you know if you look back you'll see that a bunch of stories of the stepmother is killing the children so they get the inheritance yeah. and this was kind of the basis to a lot of fairy tales so you'll see things with you know, how stepmothers are evil was because of, again, that the, there is some truth of to this part that that was happening. So stories came out with, you know, the grim fairy tales, the Hansel and Gretels, the um, Sleeping Beauty, like all the yeah. Disney-type things of the stepmom. So so that was kind of the the whole piece. So
0: That's interesting. I didn't know that that's, like, where the evil stepmom thing yeah.
1: came from. Yeah, and again, it probably was once it happened Or it was perceived and then all of a sudden it just grew legs. The the Viking stories I was reading was, what happened would be that Vikings had, you know, they would conquer lands and then um, they would, uh, you know, whatever they, you know, as they like raped and pillaged places, if they took slaves and they took, um, you know, came back and then there would be killing of the children of the offspring because yeah. they'd be bastard children or that kind Jeez. of thing. So, so there's all these things. And again, you know, you, you the way they're saying it was was it the Viking males or the females, like their wives that were killing oh. the children, you know, that kind wow. of thing. So, just dark times, dark times.
0: Yeah. Jeez.
1: So when the they believe that when from the german folklore was what brought it to england so in that time period of immigration and the influx of of immigrants these stories came about and they started to be called radiant boys specifically in england um and the way they were described were they would just glow brightly in the night they were young boys and this is what it was weird that so some people say that they would glow they had blonde hair and almost fire like they looked like you know fire itself so an orangish yellow that's
0: weird but okay
1: and then others would say they were blue so a blue flame versus a very different uh, okay orange fire um and what would happen was you know they would appear do no harm at the time and just kind of like go away so they were just these um you know mischievous things that were happening about so lots of people were um would see them and you know were they drunk? Were they this, that? But they were, They were. it was just common. But
0: like, they didn't do anything? They just sort of were there?
1: At the time, it was just that, you know, these were spirits that showed up. And it really was that, Or when the, the immigrants, German immigrants came to London mostly in the, around the 19th century because of the Industrial Revolution specifically. So that's when these stories became more prevalent. Um, now... The sightings that were recorded happen after the, this period too. So that's the thing that's kind of interesting is that um, all the stories of those 1800s were around the Industrial Revolution and it happened around just castles, basically. Like huh. old castles where you would just think they would be haunted. So makes sense, yeah. The first occurrence, this was in the early 1800s, around 18... Actually, no, this one, this one is 1812. There's another one I'm going to do in 1803, but the 1812 one is... It was uh, the so-called Blue Boy was residing in Chillingham Castle, which was in um, Northumberland. Um, All right. And the castle itself was through many... Um, passed down through the, through the ages from the Gray family, as well as through the Earls of Tankerville.
0: But wow.
1: in the late nineteenth century, uh, before the castle was allowed to fall into ruin, and it's it actually is being rebuilt. It was or has been rebuilt as a different setting now, but it people who stayed there frequently reported seeing blue flashes. And it went from blue flashes to blue movement to, you know, apparition.
0: Oh, uh, so it didn't start out as like right.
1: people. Right. So it was just a matter of that they could see these blue lights and And what was interesting about it was that when the people started telling stories of, hey, you know, it's these, it's the ghost of children. What people didn't understand was, why is it the children and not the mothers that haunt, since the mothers were the evil ones versus the boys. And people were just saying that um, it was there because of that, that became the harbinger thing of now when you see it, it was just that this was the warning to be, it's coming, it's, you know. And
0: yikes.
1: What is interesting is that it twists again. Alright, so that was the first recorded I should say first, what one of the recorded ones. This is the first recorded one. It was in eighteen oh three. Eighteen oh three. Corby okay. Castle.
0: Which is in
1: Cumberland. This is all in the in, in basically northern Europe. So uh what was or I should say northern um UK, so Ireland and Northern um, All England. Right. Okay. okay. So, Corby Castle was the home of the Howard family. They were. Uh, they had this big. They had a party at the castle, and the I don't know what any of these titles mean. The rector of Greystoke. I feel like I'm watching like an. Eighties. Wow. Cartoon with He-Man, but um.
0: Can't relate, but okay.
1: Yeah. Well, you will. We'll just remake it because that's no one has any original ideas anymore but anyway
0: wow uh, bird
1: rector graystoke and his wife so the second day of their visit the two of them just said it were out you know they were at they were right before breakfast like uh we're not staying here anymore uh, and the howards are like what what's the deal like i, I don't know why are you leaving and the rector then confessed to mr howard that they had seen a beautiful boy clothed in white with bright locks resembling gold in the bedroom okay I'm just like a beautiful boy, and glowed the eye. It.
0: But that, that's the thing that made them want to leave, just yeah, seeing.
1: They saw that, yeah. So this is a quote now. Okay. This is Howard, the, the guy who owned the castle at the time. He's saying this is what was told to him. Soon after we went to bed, we fell asleep. It might have been between 1 and 2 in the morning when I awoke. I observed that the fire was totally extinguished. But although that was the case, and we had no light, I saw a glimmer in the middle of the room, which suddenly increased to a bright flame. I looked out, apprehending that something had caught fire, when, to my amazement, I beheld a beautiful boy, clothed in white, with bright locks resembling gold, standing by my bedside, in which position he remained some minutes. That's freaky. Just some minutes, just sitting there, okay?
0: That's, yeah.
1: So he, he goes, he fixed... so the rector of Greystoke, um, f- fixing his eyes upon me with a mild and benevolent expression. He then glided gently towards the side of the chimney where it was obvious there was no possible egress and entirely disappeared. I found myself again in total darkness and all remained quiet until the usual hour of rising. I declare this to be a true account of what I saw at Corby Castle. Upon my word as a clergyman, it is known if... It is not known if anything ill befell the rector. Okay. But some 20 years later, he was still talking about that ghost. And the radiant boy no longer haunts that castle.
0: Huh. Okay. So it was only seen once.
1: At, by the sky, right? So now... And his wife well, didn't see it. Yeah. Because well, I wonder if they even slept in the same room. Because, you know, it's like one of those things. Like, I feel like, you know... At the time, where we had separate beds, separate this, separate that, so, oh, yeah. so they could have just been in, in separate rooms, even for the evening.
0: That's true.
1: Now, that's what he—that was the last time, apparently, it was seen. However, Mister. Howard was said that there is a tradition that there is a radiant boy haunting Corby Castle. It's believed that the spirit of the child was murdered by them, his mother, and appears in the glowing golden light, wearing, of course, brilliant white or gold clothes, and his hair. This is what it's either his hair, the way others have said it was described as being bright red. Not you know blonde right? That's what I said earlier. Right? I think. Yeah, like golden. Gold, gold and locks, blonde. yeah. And the ghost usually appears only for a few seconds and fades, has a benevolent expression. So, in this case, what the rector was saying was no, no, no. It was a lot longer, and the dude was staring at me, and huh. you know, yeah. and then disappeared. So creepy. So that you know that that sighting. If you search it you'll see it with that clergyman yes that's I don't know why I put two two together about the rector part but that's the clergyman part <laughs> all right all right so now the most famous one that is everywhere and it has been written down by um uh in other ghost stories and books and things like that okay but apparently this is what happened so this is supposed to this happened in a well-known castle this is something that I don't maybe it's worth looking up because when I was researching it um the the Castle itself apparently has many other ghosts, but this is one particular thing. So it's the Nebworth House in Hertfordshire in Hertfordshire. Hertfordshire, I can't
0: say. <laughs> Hertfordshire. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Sure. Um so the though this specific thing is to, with the Radiant Boys, but the per the family that owned this castle at the time was the Lytton family, and the guy I don't sure if you if he well, one of the most famous Lyttons is Edward Bulwer. Lytton, and he's the one that coined the phrase the pen is mightier than the sword. Really? Yes.
0: That's interesting. Yes, yes.
1: And the Lytton family had owned this castle since the 1490. Um, and the belief is that Edward still lived, haunts that castle afterwards in his writing room. Okay. So, you know,
0: it makes sense, given his quote.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this what's interesting about this story is that the Nebworth house uses this story, and then there's another Castle that says it happened at their castle, and I think part of it is just because of tourism. At the end <laughs> of the day, so this one guy, Captain Stewart, was uh, he was stationed in Ar- Ireland. In when Canada.
0: when is this again?
1: This takes place in eighteen early eighteen hundreds. Okay. So same time, like eighteen oh three ish time frame. So, Captain Stewart is out hunting. Stewart? Steve. Stewart? Yeah. And he is caught in a terrible storm. So, out and about, happens upon this castle.
0: Oh, just okay. happens upon this so castle. So he's looking for shelter,
1: right. and, you know, the gentlemanly thing to do is, oh, you need lodging, we'll take care of you. And but then when,
0: he, when he walks in, the candelabra starts singing to him about being a guest.
1: Well, kind of. I mean it wasn't it wasn't that much. I don't think the teapots were there though. But the um the 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 master of the house welcomed him in. However, the house was already packed with people. Like they were having an I I don't know if it was and a party at dinner. Did you see
0: this when he was walking up to the castle? No, no, no.
1: I mean I think he was hunting and I don't think it was like midnight dark, like it oh. was like one of those oh, types of okay. things. It's not like say... he came and he was like, Oh my god, you know, like I just happened to stumble. He was hunting storm. I don't know if there was other people with him. There probably were, but where they were to get out of the storm, they wanted to, um, they just tried to seek shelter. Oh, okay. And because it was packed with guests, you know, he stayed there. There was food, dinner, you know, but he couldn't, He they weren't going to go back because of the storm. So they right. were going to stay the night. And the butler basically said, look, we can put you in this room. It's just, it's... Small room. It's basically the cloak coat closet type thing, you know, which probably was huge for the time, you know.
0: That is, yeah.
1: Um, but if that works, you're good. And he's like, whatever, you know, I'm fine. But um, just thank you for your for your kindness and getting me out of the out of the storm. So, which is interesting though, this this room, which was being used as a courtroom, also had a fireplace. That's so,
0: like with the other story with the fireplace that was there.
1: So the the butler makes the bed for him and then builds a fire in the hearth that is even Captain Stewart's kind of like this is insane like it's it's roaring so hot so big it's roaring and the butler the, you know is like I, why do I why are you doing this I don't I don't need this and he's like yeah just trust me uh. so he does that so the bed he's exhausted the bed does its job you know he can sleep and um, before he goes to bed, he he basically tries to lower the fire because he's like, this is crazy because it's too hot. So he's taken some of the fuel off the fire to the side and go, goes to bed. S- believes he's, a, he, w- he this is now his account, right? He believed he had been asleep for a few hours, a couple hours, and then was just awoken by a suddenly bright light.
0: Oh, okay. his phone turned on. Yeah,
1: he was startled. The light was so vivid that he thought that the room had caught on fire. Right. Because wow. He moved fuel. That's true, side, yeah. Right? Stupid. So when he focused his eyes, he looked at the grate where the where the fire was and it was out.
0: Completely out.
1: Completely out. And as he was trying to just get bearings of the room, he started to just kind of scan the room and then all of a sudden to off to the side. He saw this beautiful, I don't know why they always say they're beautiful, beautiful naked boy surrounded by dazzling radiance. Jeez. And the boy just looked back at him and stared at him. And then disappeared. Just faded away.
0: Huh.
1: So the captain is kind of like, this is a joke. You know, I'm being razzed. So he's, he's kind of. Did
0: you just say, what did you just say?
1: He's being razzed.
0: Razzed.
1: Yeah.
0: Razzed. Yeah that's a word i'm old oh oh my wow
1: okay Raz. yeah i'm sorry i'm not cool like the rest of you anyway he uh
0: what did you do
1: he's a beautiful boy what did you knock over it's the tube Um, oh my god so he where was i god you lost me now making fun of my vocabulary
0: razzed we
1: were at razzed okay practical joke there we go oh. and um so he was ready to get he's like i'm out again you know which i don't understand why he thought he was going to stay any longer because you know he's hunting but he's he wants to leave early in the, in the morning and the man the, the master of the house is like hey dude chill you know don't worry about it you're our guest um and then said there was no prank i don't know what you're worried about and the another person had asked the butler, the, the, the master of the house, was like, hey, dude, where was he sleeping anyway? And the butler was like, well, you know, I put him in the, I put him in the, the you know, the place was full. So I put him in the, uh, the coat closet. <laughs> and and the guy was like, wait, wait, you mean the boys' room? Oh. And then the butler was like, yes, but I had put a blazing fire in the, that before he went to bed.
0: So it didn't work did it
1: so apparently it was a known thing right
0: yeah jeez.
1: so then he went on and they they talked some more and then the 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 master of the house was basically i feel like now we're in <laughs> um, oh my god the uh the guy just basically said hey look no there was no prank and you need to understand that you were in the the boys room and explained about the radiant boy and and this is where I feel like what's what is too much information, right? Like what is what do you do? Because he then goes on to say to explain that well, you know, if you see the radiant boy, that's not good, oh. because what ends up usually happening is, or as the story goes, is it's a harbinger of evil. So you'll actually have something good happen to you first, but at a cost. Ooh. So now this is like psychological to me, right? Like if you say something like that, is then you're that, gonna be looking for those signs, right? Everywhere. Right, right, right. So of course. He tells him that, and and it's supposed to happen in kind of quick succession in the sense that something good will happen to you. This is where it gets kind of weird with the story about when does something bad happen, how soon or how, it's just as soon. Well, Captain Robert Stewart then became the Lord of, Lord Castlerog. Wow. The second Marquis of Londonderry due to the death of his older brother. So he inherited this, this title because yeah. of his older brother dying. So the, you know, the way people talk about it is, like, okay, so the good thing that happened was him being there. The bad thing is also because his brother died. Yeah. So it's like, that's the harbinger of that. It did ha- it just happened both at the same time. Brother dies, so which is a bad thing. But the good thing is, hey, guess what? You're now. Mm-hmm.
0: Something tells me that's so how there's something else that's going to happen.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, no.
1: So he became very uh, involved in the, in, in British government. So, he was in the House of Commons. He became the Chief Secretary of Ireland. Um, he became Secretary of State and a Foreign Secretary. As his le- in his later years, though, they thought he was kind of going mad, and he decided at one point he, due to being overworked, and his many responsibilities, he cut his throat with a penknife.
0: Oh. His own throat.
1: His own throat. And
0: this is years after this happened, or is yeah, it...
1: this is a good decade
0: Holy after it happened. So, mother goodness.
1: So they, they, this is the one that everybody talks about because he still to the day. I don't want to say before he died, but he did the story of the Radiant Boy. He never denied. He huh. even when he was this Lord Castle Ra or whatever. Um, again, Greystow Castle Ra. I'm telling you. He man, master of the universe, is based on this story, or at least they got all their names from, <laughs> okay. from this. Um,
0: all right, are you feeling razzed? I don't know. No, are. but
1: I, well, the thing that is funny about—I oh, shouldn't say it's not funny. Nothing's funny there. The the other stories of other places. So when you read things uh, of the the glowing and the harbinger is. Uh, it is a point that if you do see it, something bad will happen. The good part is just specific to this and I don't know if they just try to fit the story that he became this lord and then and then died. But there are other stories and they use it as a boogeyman to to basically spook you. So that's the Radiant Boys.
0: That's the Radiant Boys.
1: Radiant Boys.
0: So what's the thing with them in fire then? Like if you put on a blazing fire they they think that there's already one of them in there. What I'm trying
1: to figure out is that was absinthe big of the day at this time. <laughs> and, you know, like, you know, they're sitting there. They're having their drinks because everybody's just, you know, happy and whatever. You know, at the time, most drugs, too, weren't illegal. No one knew what they were doing. So sure. for, for all you know, they put on a ha- big fire. You got your, 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 you got your shrooms, absinthe, some, I don't know, opium going down there, you know. All right. I'm thinking that the fire there. I just don't know why they call them beautiful boys. That just to me is like that's, that's kind of creepy. That's the creepiest part of this whole story. Is that yeah,
0: like maybe maybe that's why they're getting this bad luck. Yeah, like, I
1: just felt like maybe I don't, they
0: were gonna be good, and then you like had to creepily describe them. and They're like, fine screw again. That. What
1: I'm more concerned about in this whole thing is that because of the way they named their apparitions are you know what was really going on, and you know you were probably bad people.
0: Oh yeah,
1: true so but it radiant boys is a thing you if you you'll see it search it whatever you want there's of course no pictures of a radiant boy because also 1800s but anyway um the early 1800s (laughs) i say but the thing is uh is that it's lived the time and it's basically they think again like i said germany brought over
0: wow that's interesting like, if they're harbingers of evil and then they look like almost cherubs is how I think of them.
1: I just think that people just want to believe what they want to believe.
0: True. But that's that's interesting. I had never heard of that one before. I, I mean,
1: and it was one of those things where when I was looking for stuff... Uh, it, when it came about, I was like, well, what does this mean? And then the only downside was of course when I was researching it and I almost stopped, I almost was gonna do something else because I'm like, I'm just looking at the same story over and over <laughs> and over again. But then when I try to search on other places, again, the sources I use just so I, I give credit to all these folks or, um, these are just sites. There was like one that was, um, a seeking ghost blogger that had this whole thing about it, which was actually pretty, pretty detailed. Um, there's this Phantoms and Monsters site. And then uh, where I did learn from it was from um, the top ten, you know, ghost stories you never heard of was the, 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 the overall story of it. So, what? Did you see a Radiant Boy? you look all scared. You've got to be kidding me.
0: I forgot to plug in the microphone.
1: Well, it's still recording.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, it recorded, but I think I just recorded straight on my phone.
1: Yeah, we'll see how it works. Um <laughs> whoops but anyway uh and then the other places were um actually i didn't find a wikipedia thing which i always find like if you can't find it wikipedia it doesn't exist but um the other one was there's where is this one radiant boy strange and sad ghosts it was this other blogger i don't have the the website for that
0: see now i'm afraid if i plug in the microphone it's gonna be an instant like
1: no you can't you gotta stop it there yeah
0: Alright, well, the microphone is plugged in now, so...
1: I think it was part of your plan. No. Yeah.
0: No. Maybe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No. Okay, well, that just about does it for this episode. So uh, if you have your own stories that either happened to you or someone you know or you just want to suggest something, uh, send them to our Gmail, which is podcast at gmail.com. Or you can submit them to us through our website, which is www.everythingpodcast.weebly.com. Weebly Weebly is spelled W-E-E-B-L-Y. Do you really
1: have to spell out Weebly?
0: I'm just afraid that they're going to hear it wrong. I don't know. I'll stop spelling it out then. I don't
1: think you have to spell it out.
0: Fine. I won't. Weebly.com. Get there yourself. Um. So, yeah, you can do that. You can submit stuff to us on there, or we also put up pictures from every week, mostly from my stories because my dad's too lazy to find pictures for his own or just can't.
1: I thought you were going to get me somebody to do that for me.
0: Well, (laughs) no. (laughs) Okay, then. Uh, Plus,
1: again, (laughs) no one wants to see a picture of Radiant Boy. It's a beautiful boy naked running around with fire.
0: (laughs) Hair,
1: I guess yeah. I could have done something for the uh, for the me on the train part, but yeah, you I think people should still see those the uh, the documentary. All right, all right. Maybe the next one, if I do true crime, I'll try to get some pictures.
0: Okay, cool. Glad we've. I'm not promising. Oh,
1: not right. promising. Okay, all right. Well,
0: you can look at pictures from my story on there that I'll be posting hopefully on time, uh, and then it also has sort of an about page on us. It has our social media. If you want to follow us and, um, yes, please do send everything you got, send it.
1: Uh, I think you gotta say what, if there are stories that people really haven't heard to,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: Because I feel that, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, like, like we were talking earlier, Manson, (laughs) do we want to do Manson? Do you, I mean, I don't know how people know the full story or if that's the thing, Talk about Son of Sam. I mean, those are like the... It's kind of like the, the top hits of true crime. So, do they want the more obscure ones or do they want the, you know, the greatest hits?
0: I just realized we didn't do our fun fact. Okay. So, I'm going to look one up real quick.
1: Well, there's a fun fact for us. It's Willowversary.
0: Oh, yeah. This is... Well, this today is. Today. Here's- okay. Well, when this comes out, it will already have passed, but... Today is, uh, six years ago today, we got our little puppy, Willow. What a cutie.
1: Uh, you should put a picture of Willow up.
0: Yes, I will. I will. I'm trying to find a fun fact. Um, okay. Did you know that the walls of stone castles could be as thick as 33 feet back in the day?
1: 33
0: 33 feet Once the cannon was created, no castles could stand that kind of attack. Um so the cannonballs could easily destroy stone walls no matter how thick they were. So they just Through
1: 30 a, a cannonball can go through 33 feet of stone.
0: That's what Kids Connect with a K.com tells me.
1: I had no idea. I'm so, assuming there's like physics involved in distance and things like that.
0: Probably. You should work on that. I will not. Thank you very much. Uh so that's our fun fact. But to continue on with the shameless self-promotion at the end of the podcast, uh you can follow us on social media. We are on Instagram at everything in podcast. Uh we announce like when the episodes come out and also fun like behind the scenes stuff and also like I work hard on our episode announcement art, so you know, check it out because it's really great. Uh, and then we're also on Twitter at Between underscore Podcast. And we're on Facebook, just at Everything in Between Podcast. And we also have a group, which I don't know how to do, so figure that out yourself. Maybe not promote that one, then. Okay. Don't go to Facebook, then.
1: Again, I don't think... Yeah, well...
0: Alright, well, I just figured I'd cover all the bases. Okay. But yeah, we desperately... We want to do some kind of like listener tales of people who listen episode. Well, I want to do yeah, one. You seem desperate. He doesn't care. I, but no, I, I would I, like you to send your stories of strife of crime of
1: of crime. I don't need anybody's stories of strife. I have yours. Send
0: your stories of strife. <laughs> okay. Uh and ghosts send them to us so that we can put out an episode about that cuz I think that would be a really fun experience. Uh, And also, on Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps with the podcast. And recommend this to your friends if you think it's good or if you think it's not good. Still, you can use it as a punishment for your friend. Okay, uh, that was, all right. Well, I think that about does it. Um, I wonder if you guys can hear Willow's dreaming and
1: whimpering in her sleep behind us.
0: If you I'm just think- sad
1: it's dark almost now. It's only I know. It's only a little it's almost five. This is bad.
0: This is ridiculous. Alright. Okay, well, that is about it. So goodbye. Yeah, bye.